0: You are listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Rise Directory, connecting clinical supervisors to the next generation of mental health providers. Are you a clinical supervisor? Then you are invited to join us as one of the founding members. Tap the link in the show notes for more details. Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, Social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills. And most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It's your host, Katherine Moore here, and we're switching it up this week. Instead of listening to me interview someone else, you get to listen in to me getting interviewed by Harleni. She is an LMSW based out of New York. She's a social work coach, and she helps social workers market themselves and land multiple job interviews using LinkedIn. She also has her signature program called the Social Work Graduate Academy and her own podcast that she launched this year, 2021, called the Social Work Insider. She is definitely, definitely someone to follow and go and listen to her podcast if you are in the job market trying to look for um, land some interviews. She definitely has a lot of really great gems. This week, we talk about how to recognize burnout in yourselves. We share our own personal signs of burnout, what happened to us, and how you can avoid these common pitfall pitfalls. She also shares towards the end a little way that you can start networking with people no matter who you are. If you're a student, if you're a seasoned professional, if you are interested in getting into a different area of social work, then definitely stay till the end for her networking tips. And with that, let's hop right into it.
1: Welcome my fellow social workers. I'm so excited because today I have the amazing Catherine Moore from Social Workers Rise and we're going to be having a juicy conversation on what is burnout, how to prevent it, and especially how to navigate the job market with all of this noise within the industry as a new social work graduate. Catherine, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to jump into this conversation. I'm excited for you and this podcast. I know it's going to help so many people. Congratulations on starting this.
1: Thank you so much. And absolutely, you know, you're, we've been talking for such a long time. And when we get together, I mean, best believe we throw so many gems. And, you know, I definitely want to start kicking off this conversation with, you know, for someone who's tuning in right now, really explain what is burnout? What are some of the signs, especially for a new grad coming into, you know, this field for them to be able to have this level of awareness early on is absolutely crucial.
0: Okay. Let me first start with a story. All right. So I'm going to tell you my story of what happened and it is, okay. So I was a new grad, probably like two or three years out of grad school. I had a full-time job. I had a new kid. I had a husband. I had a house. Well, not a house, you know, a condo, apartment, place, right? (laughs) Um and so and I love my job. I love the people that I worked with. I had a great boss. Um it was working with hospice. And so a lot of these jobs, all of the so many jobs that we do as social workers, we love them, but they take a lot of energy out of us. Oh my god, right? yes. We're holding we're holding space for people's pain and trauma and hurt and that t- Takes a lot of energy. So, even I'll hear people talk about, like, oh, I just had this hour long conversation about someone who got dumped by their boyfriend or girlfriend. And it was so, I'm so tired. (laughs) We have those conversations like four times a day, if not more. So, I was there and I always thought, I'm never gonna get burnt out because I love it so much. I love social work. I love what I do. Never gonna get burnt out. And, um, I distinctly remember I was must've been a Tuesday or Wednesday. I was washing my dishes after we had dinner, the the TV was on. My husband was there with my kid and, um, and I'm thinking about all of the things that I still have to do that night. So I had the kitchen was a mess, had to clean the kitchen. I still had to finish my notes from that day at work. Um, I still had to prepare for the meeting the next morning. I still wanted to give my daughter a bath and spend quality time with her. And I still wanted to get eight hours of sleep, which there was just no time to do all of those things. And I'm just stressing about how I'm gonna get it all done. And my husband, he's so sweet, he says, honey, why don't you come over here and watch a movie with us tonight? And I. I kid you not, I broke down crying. I said, no, there is no time to watch a movie. (laughs) How could you ask me that? And I realized that is a completely inappropriate response to someone inviting you to watch a movie. Mm -hmm. Like nobody wants to hang out with that girl, right? (laughs) (laughs) So in that moment, I realized I'm like, what is going on? I think I'm totally burnt out because I felt like I was just stuck in this place of having to work, 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 that I was the only one that could do it, that could do, you know, all of my to-do list, right? And that I didn't really see a way out. I didn't know how to change up what was going on. And so this episode got me started on this like research and this passion because my whole life, or not my whole life, but my whole career, I have been told, oh, you know, expect to be burnt out. And that's just what happens as a social worker. And I thought, I was like, this is what happens as a social worker? Did I work like all of those college years and get into debt to feel like this? That's terrible. And so I set out a mission. One of my pillars is to just change that narrative is to eliminate this this narrative that we have to be burnt out and there's just a lot of different things that go into that so to answer your original question burnout is actually a medical syndrome your doctor can diagnose you with occupational burnout and you know there's different qualifications that that they're looking for you know just like we do in the dsm but essentially you know, if you are feeling easily irritated, if you are feeling even apathetic, if you're having a decreased amount of efficiency at your work, if you're just not being productive, if you're not really being present. So um, so for example, I was washing the dishes, but I wasn't really focused on what I was doing. I was thinking about all of the other items that had to get done. So it's the same thing if you're at work and you're with a client, you're not really being present because you're thinking, shoot, they better not say something that's gonna have to trigger a report because then I just don't have time for this report and I'm not gonna ask them about suicide because I don't even wanna go down that route. I have too much to do. And those are when it gets dangerous right? When we're thinking about, and it's unethical, it's, 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 it's really, it's really bad.
1: No, <laughs> and like it's like, and one thing, and one thing I want, I can't stress enough is basically, you're not mentally available. Right, And I love that you started sharing your story Because something similar happened to me When I first started out working in the field Working in foster care, child welfare You can only imagine And with me, you know, burnout could look different For for everyone, as for me It really had to do with symptoms I was getting headaches, I even had a panic attack Like I was sweating, I was just so nervous And that was literally the red flag for me Like, okay, I need to step back I need to set boundaries I can't always say yes And this is also crucial, you know, for new grads You're probably stepping into your first role, you're probably thinking like, oh my God, I have to be perfect. I have to say yes. I have to make sure that I can quote unquote be the best social worker that I can be. But there's no handbook. You're in control. And and basically, you know, control starts with being aware of your emotions. So I wanted to highlight that because ooh, it will definitely knock you down. Yes. Yes.
0: And thank you for pointing that out because yes, burnout and stress so burnout is just uh, it's unmanaged stress. It's unmanaged chronic stress, long term. So you may even be burnt out from grad school. Upon mm-hmm. graduation, you might already be burnt out because you grad school is ooh, it's some shit work. <laughs> yeah, and then a lot of people have to work full time. And some people have families and so you are just working 24 7 you might already be burnt out Mm -hmm. and then we but we're so excited we're kind of functioning off of adrenaline that we get our first job and you're like yeah community mental health cps and they give you this unmanageable caseload and i say that as as a as a social worker who's been in the field for 10 years some caseloads are just unmanageable for even us experienced, you know, licensed clinical social workers. So they, you don't know that as a new grad, you don't know what your, what your limits are. So you're still finding those out. Um, But definitely, you know, just be mindful of, of what are your, what's the way that stress shows up for you? Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: missed all my red flags, right? So I, I get irritable. I get anxiety and racing thoughts, um, I will just wanna take a nap all the time. I don't wanna go have fun because I just want to like relax and not do anything. So if you're not having fun, if you are not enjoying or not looking forward to doing the things that you were once looking forward to, if self-care sounds like a to-do list, then those are all really big red flags that we need to look, take a step back, and just look at what's going on. What, what on your to-do list can you delegate to someone else? What doesn't really have to be done? Because a lot of times we have these unrealistic expectations for us, for ourselves, and something has to go. So what doesn't have to be done?
1: And then what can be done later? Absolutely. And I love also that you're talking about that, because it also goes to protecting your energy, really making sure on your everyday today, like Catherine said, where can you delegate or where can you carve out a little bit for you? And I get it. Being in that hustle and grind mentality oof, will not get you very far, because if you're like, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that. And of course, I, I'm actually first generation in my family to get my bachelor's and my master's. So I definitely understand that feeling of wanting to feel fulfilled and chafi- chasing a certain goal. But the reason why we're having this conversation to have this of awareness now, so even if you're a seasoned social worker, or even if you're a new grad, all of this applies because you need to be able to take care of yourself before you're able to serve someone else, right? Or, you know, help someone achieve their own goals. The work starts now. And then you're currently in school and graduating soon re- or, you know, next year. Or so make sure you pay attention on your every day to day for you to be able to start, you know, being aware of what's not quote unquote normal of your every day to day. That's the only way that you're able to analyze and really reflect and, and try to move forward to the best of your abilities.
0: And sometimes, you know, bringing up first generation, sometimes these habits that cause burnout are just ingrained in who we are. Mm -hmm. Maybe we've, we've had, we might've had no choice, but to hustle and grind 24/7. Maybe we had to take care of our siblings. Maybe we had to take care of our parents and go to school and work. And so we're always in this hustle and grind mentality. And so once you graduate with your master's degree, it's going to be a shift. So professional social workers, let's eliminate that burnout mentality. Professional social workers recognize when it's getting too much Mm -hmm. and where their boundaries are and where their limits are. Okay. So it is your responsibility, which is in the NISW code of ethics. It is your responsibility to be able to recognize your stress signals and when it's getting too much and to do something about it. And we might have never done that before in our lives. And now as part of being a professional social worker, it's required of us, but they don't necessarily teach that to you in grad school.
1: Oh my God, they absolutely do not. And one thing I wanna add, because you already know, I'm gonna throw in networking here. If you're probably trying to figure out, but how do I know you know, what's normal when it comes to caseload? How do I know what organization best supports employees? All of these particular questions are a great question, and this is where networking is going to come into play. I cannot stress enough the power of LinkedIn, networking, connecting with other social workers in your area and organizations that you see yourself, you know, working for. It's important to really take the moment to network and conduct informational interviews, and for those who don't know what informational interviews are, it's literally getting the 411 from someone, right? Like, hey, I see you work for this organization. I'm a recent grad I see that you work for as a school social worker I am very interested you know do you mind sharing some insights about the organization and then they'll be able to tell you you know and you can ask specific questions how do you know this organization support its staff during employees what's the caseload how the supervision look like like those are very important for you to see like oh this organization based on my conversations they were not a good match for me so how do i continue to move forward and this is something that you can start doing even prior to graduating so you can have a list of your target companies you know the good the bad to be able to decrease that sense of anxiety and you know prevent that burnout to the best of your abilities as well and you can do that at any
0: stage of your Mm -hmm, career absolutely yep so if you realize like oh shoot this company is not a good fit for me anymore let, you know, what do I really want to do in social work? And like Harleni said, start getting in those circles, start talking to the people who work there and her doing that job. You know, the power, what do they call it? The power of, um, of proximity is real. And once you get into those circles, you'll be surprised at the doors that open up.
1: Um, even if you're just thinking about it, mm-hmm. you don't even There's have no to be harm. And reaching Mm -hmm. out and having those conversations. Nobody needs to know that you're looking for a new opportunity. Your employer does not need to know that you're looking for a new opportunity. You're just building your, you know, your network. They always say your network is your network. Network. (laughs) So there you go. And it's very important to, there's no, and going back to, there's no social work handbook. If you're in an organization and it's been three months and you are getting extremely burned down and you're like, this is not for me, it's okay to change your field. It's okay to change your scope of practice, your population. There is no handbook. Sometimes we feel that, oh my God, this is the first job that I, you know, secured um, after I graduated. There's no way that I'm going to secure another one. Absolutely. That like you are going to secure another job. There's more opportunities out there. Do not settle for less. You invested your time, your energy. And money in your degree do not let, especially this industry and all of the noise within this field consume you. You're in control. Yep. Agreed.
0: And if you have gotten hired out of grad school and you're like, "Eh, I don't know about this place, look, you know, start looking for another job. There's no, you don't have to stay there for your full licensing hours. You don't have to stay there for any set amount of time. You know, this is your life. Okay. Make your life what you want it to be. Don't just, you know, take whatever is handed to you straight out of grad school. You might need to, I get that, get Mm -hmm. the job, get hired, get experience, and then use that
1: experience to then grow. Yes. You won't know unless you try, because I, I've had conversations, you know, with many social workers and social work students kind of feeling overwhelmed because they don't know how to proceed next in their career. You won't know unless you have conversations. You won't know unless you expose yourself to that particular population or setting, right? It's, it always comes down to the thoughts that, you know, the story that we tell ourselves, right? And this is going back also to burnout. Sometimes we feel that we're like trapped and that we can't, you know, find a way out. You can. There is a way out, right? It only comes back to really having that level of awareness to know your limits and be able to set boundaries as best as you can.
0: And Harleni, this way of thinking is completely new, I don't know about completely, but very new in the social work industry because a lot of the people that I spoke to that have been social workers for 20, 30, 40 years, they don't really think like this.
1: Mm -hmm. They're very
0: like dedicated. They're kind of like, I made my bed. I got to sleep in it type thing.
1: Um,
0: So, so (laughs) this, this way of thinking is very new. So that might be why if you're listening to us right now and be like, my professor didn't say that to me. um, It's because it's, you
1: know, we're changing the narrative here. Listen, Catherine and I, we're both on a mission. We wanna elevate this profession to the best of our abilities. And absolutely, there's gonna be, you know, some social workers or even leaders within social work that you may not be in agreement, but just know, you know, going back to network, there is more than one particular, you know, uh, let's say like message, right? It's really going back to one message is gonna feel in alignment to you. I could say something, Catherine can say something, somebody else can say something, right? Going back to there's so much noise within this field, the best opportunity that you can do for yourself is be able to reflect and you know put yourself back and just give yourself a moment to think and process what Ralph feels in alignment to you. If not, you create your own. This is your path, this is your journey. There's no right or wrong answer or right or wrong path pretty much.
0: Yep, exactly. And if you are in that cycle of burnout, you are not able to think clearly about what you want, where you're going, what your goals are, if what you're doing right now is in alignment with where you want to be going. So that's why you know it's so important to just take that time for yourself to do whatever feels good. Um, well, I'm gonna take that back. <laughs> <laughs> do effective self-care that you enjoy. So that's gonna be anything like exercising, building relationships with your friends and families, Um, getting outside, getting into nature, laughing, some physical affection is never, it never hurts. (laughs) Uh, What else is there? There's so many ways that are healthy ways of doing self-care. And now that the economy is reopening, it is much easier to kind of get out there and get out of the house. So that is a good thing for us
1: absolutely and you know I love that we're basically ending with with strategies on how to implement self-care you know self-care looks different for everyone I mean for me my form of self-care I throw myself dance parties like I I'm, I, I swear like I always like blast music and I just dance because you know dancing makes me feel good you know build those endorph- endorphins and it's very good to find out what works for you I know not everyone loves journaling and reflecting and getting into our feelings right the social work in us it's funny like're we're, we're, we don't practice what we preach at times but but it's coming from a place of just recognizing what can work for you um and just being okay like we don't always have to feel like we're working on you know towards something the most important thing is that you have a goal and you're able to feel like okay I'm doing the best I can right like there's no shaming there's no guilty definitely
0: yeah even artists like doing art um You can do anything, riding your bike, boxing, whatever floats your boat.
1: (laughs) And Catherine, I know we have said a lot. And just to do a recap, I mean, we have been sharing so much gems when it comes to, you know, helping new grads or even seasoned social workers, you know, have that level of awareness when it comes to how does burnout look like, how to prevent, how to practice and implement self-care. But most importantly, you know, never forget, you know, to follow your voice and own your voice and recognize that you're in control pretty much. And anything else that you would like to add, you know, for our fellow social workers and pretty much share um, anything that you're working on and how people can find you. And, you know, it's been truly, truly a pleasure having you today. Well, thank you, Harleni. Yes, I would love to connect with you. You can
0: find me Instagram is the best place. I am on LinkedIn. I'll give you those links. I, on Instagram, I'm at Social Workers Rise. I have a couple of courses made specifically for entry level social workers that will really increase your confidence in the clinical process. So, everything from assessment to documentation to therapeutic interventions, it is all covered in this beautiful little course. And also too, if you are looking for clinical supervision, we are launching the go-to resource for diverse clinical supervision. And it's called the Clinical Supervisor Directory. Definitely check it out. The link is in the bio. If you wanna join, we are open to having more clinical supervisors on there. And if you're looking for someone, uh, maybe your job doesn't provide it,
1: or maybe you're not really too keen on your supervisor,
0: definitely check it
1: out. Absolutely. You heard her loud and clear. Make sure to check out all of those resources. It's so valuable, especially for all you new grads. So make sure all the links are posted in the podcast episode. Until next time, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If this episode helped you, please help me spread the word by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcast and share that you're listening. Tag me on social media. I love it. I will repost and reshare. I love it. Social currency is free, but it is so valuable. Also, I'd love to hear from you on Instagram. I really do respond. I really do love it when you give me your feedback. Lastly, this is not therapeutic advice or business advice or any other kind of personalized advice. To get that, you definitely need me as your coach. So please, again, reach out to me on Instagram. I can't wait till next week. I will see you then. All the love. Bye.